Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with spring break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. It's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented as always by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Most of you know this. Now I got a bunch of media gigs and a bunch of podcasts. Already had an awesome Ross Tucker football podcast that we posted this morning with Kelvin Beecham, starting right tackle for the Arizona Cardinals, just doing unbelievable stuff off the field in Zambia. Just incredibly impressed on almost a daily basis by the things that NFL players do off the field that most fans never hear about, maybe don't care about, maybe don't recognize. It's incredible. I mean, just incredible to hear his story, the wells he's building for clean water for those people and the impact that that has on their lives. It's just awesome. I also, by the way, uh, had to talk to Kelvin and get some clarity on some recent comments he made regarding Kyler Murray. So you're going to want to listen or watch what we talked about on today's Ross Tucker football podcast. Looking forward already to tomorrow's Even Money podcast as well. lot to get to there, certainly, with my guy, Steve Fezzik. My guy on this show is Emery Hunt. He's at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter. Football game plan on YouTube, and most importantly, it'll be here before you know it, footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. Thousands of you listen or watch every episode. You know how good Emery is. You know he knows everybody and does more scouting reports than anybody else out there. Why not get that? Why not get the the draft guide that has everybody? Like all the undrafted free agents your team signs. Why buy something and then have your team sign seven guys that you don't know anything about? That doesn't make any sense. Footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. There's truly nothing else like it in the business. Emery. How close are we getting, man? It's March 27th. How close? 
We're getting close, man. It's funny. As you're talking about the draft guy, I just got to alert that three more just sold. So people are buying. Um, and the cool part is I'm about 40 prospects away from finishing the cornerback position. And then that means we get to start safeties uh, probably on Wednesday, which is the last position. So we're looking at next week being the week that the draft guy will come out. And, yes, it will be over 1,000 scouting reports once again, the largest draft guide. Uh, I can't say in history because I put that out last year, so I don't know what's the exact number it's going to be. But back-to-back years of over 1,000 individual scouting reports, no other draft guide or draft guy or analyst or person uh, can say that or will have this type of depth of reports for the upcoming class, which, again, this just not only helps you out for the draft, but helps stretch out throughout the entire season because we know how transient the NFL rosters are uh, in the preseason during training camp where guys just constantly get signed and cut and re-signed. We'll probably have scouting reports on that rookie that is joining your favorite team. Even in the middle of the season when a guy gets picked up, like, who the heck is that guy? Pretty sure we have a, a scouting report on him. So, again, we do the work so other people don't have to. We're not watching our 17th game of, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Uh, we're not crowdsourcing for, hey, who should I watch next? Like, nah, we're doing the work that you're supposed to uh, at the position. couple other thoughts on that. You might think to yourself, a 1,000, well, only 250 guys get drafted. Yes, but a lot more than that gets signed. And then a lot more even after that get a chance to go to NFL rookie mini camps on a tryout basis. So I don't know if it's a thousand, but there's a bunch of guys that get an opportunity to go to NFL facility, put the helmet on, show what they can do. Uh, now I have a whole other thing we could talk about. Maybe that's the post draft where we talk about the rookie mini camp tryouts because that's a tough way for a guy to try to be able to show that he deserves more of an opportunity, but Right now, that's all the opportunity that the NFL teams can allow them is those rookie tryouts, which is why it's so great that we have both the XFL and the USFL now, which is another reason why Emory's draft guide is incredible. You watch the USFL, the XFL, all those guys, Emory's written them up. He knows all about them. And it's fun. It's fun to watch those guys and see, wow, that guy's good. Oh, okay, he went to this college. All right, well, maybe my team will sign in. Like Turpin, who took the NFL by storm this year for the Dallas Cowboys. So follow Emory on social. I think most of you know I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. The handle for all the podcast network is at Ross Tucker Pod. So highly encourage you guys to follow us there. And, yes, you can watch us on YouTube like a lot of people do, YouTube.com. Slash Ross Tucker NFL. Oh, that reminds me. And I'll say this again at the end of the show. We're doing a live mock draft this week. We're doing it with Emery, myself, Fran Duffy from the Eagles, Kyle Krabs, who's been all over scouting for a long time. And we're going to go through every four picks. We each get one. And it's going to be intense. I've done those mock drafts. It's going to be live. There's no nowhere to hide. You better be prepared. You better be ready. You better know who to pick. So should be awesome. Speaking of awesome memory, it sounds like this is an awesome draft class 
of tight end. That's what everybody's saying. Now, listen, I don't care what everybody else says. I say, I care what you say. But also, that's what everybody's saying. And also, you know, it's kind of reflected in the fact that guys like Mike Gesicki and Dalton Schultz didn't get that much money, which goes to show you these teams kind of feel like there's other guys out there that they might be able to get in the draft for a lot less money that might be able to play really well. As you like to do, Emery, we've got different tight end positions. So if you could please, because I love when you do this, explain your three tight end positions and how they differ. Yeah, and, uh, you know, when you think about the three tight end positions, um, and that's why I love football so much because it's so diverse and, and you just can't say tight end, right, because they are doing different things, although they're under the umbrella of the tight end. The inline tight end is your classic tight end in which everybody views it as, right, the guy that's on the line of scrimmage that can block really well, catch the ball really well, do a lot of things that you want to do offensively, but primarily is a really good blocker. Um, now, that guy can be a great receiver as well, which enhances his uh, abilities or his profile, but that's your inline guy. Your flex guy is almost like your big wide receiver, the one that is essentially allergic to blocking, but also can get down the field and, and you can put him out wide uh, as a X receiver inside the red zone or a high red zone or whatever, um, and he can win those 50-50 balls, but he's more like the receiver of your tight end group. And the H-back is the probably the most versatile because he can be in a backfield. He can probably carry the football a little bit uh, in a run game. He could line him up in line or attached, and he could block a little bit better than your flex guy. He can also get down the field. He could be a very good receiver. Um, so he can do a lot of different things. You see more teams get creative when they find H-back. So those are the three uh, tight end positions. And the reason why people are saying that it is a deeper class maybe is due to the fact that we're seeing talent spread out across the three and not just stockpile. Oh man, this is a great year for flex guys, or this is a great year for inline guys across the board. I think the talent is most mostly evenly spread out. I want to make a point on this. There are rare guys that can actually do all three. Most guys can only do one. Some guys can do two. Like, you might have a guy that's a flex that can also do some of the H-back stuff. You know, you might have a guy that's in line that you can flex out sometimes. It's like, I feel like the spectrum goes in line, flex, H-back. Guys, H-backs, flex guys can sometimes do some H-back stuff. Inline guys can sometimes do some flex stuff, but it's rare to have a guy that can do all three. I'm trying to think right now. Kittle, you know, they don't, you don't look at him much as like a flex guy, but he can do it. But then, you know, Mike Kosicki, who just got signed by the Patriots, he's like a flex only. I mean, he's not even good, really very good at the H back stuff. Right. And you think someone like Kyle Pitts, who has shown you he can do a little bit of inline. I think his blocking was underrated uh, coming out of Florida, but he is primarily a flex guy. They've been trying to kick him out to wide receiver. Um, you look at someone like Kyle Juszczyk, who is your H-back, but definitely can do all three. It, people forget he was at Baltimore 
before as a fullback. So that's your eight. That's your fullback. That he's San Francisco the fullback. He came out of Princeton as essentially a flex guy, but also had inline blocking ability as well. I mean, Harvard as a flex guy, inline blocking ability as well. So there are certain guys. It's rare that can do all three. Even you look at someone like the great Tony Gonzalez, probably was only able to do two inline and flex, but someone like Shannon Sharp could have done all three. Yeah, you know what? That's a great point. Shannon Sharp is a good example of an all-three guy because he was a good move guy. He was a better inline blocker than he got credit for, and he obviously was a flex guy. It's a really good point. Let's dive into these young men because, man, this is the most tight ends. I, I like, know these guys. A lot of times, Emery, tight end isn't like a even like a full episode. You know, it's like – Let's go tight ends and safeties or something like that. But tight ends kind of getting their own episode today. Let's go with uh, your number one inline guy. What's interesting to me about this guy is I thought he was like an absolute stud the last couple of years. Seeing some of the, you know, the mock drafts, I, I guess he's not quite as highly rated as maybe I thought he was. That, that looks like people think he might go – Late first round, but uh, what a history this program has of churning out tight ends over the last 20 years. I'm talking about Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. You know the saying uh, from the commercial, the ESPN commercial, Chicks Dig Long Ball? You know, people that talk about the draft, they dig flex tight ends. If you're not a flex tight end, if they don't see you line up out wide, they don't love you. But Michael Mayer is essentially what you want at the tight end position because he can do everything. He can block. He can catch. Um, he saves the quarterback with his catch radius, turning those 50-50 balls into 90-10s. Uh, I compared him to Mark Andrews and how solid of a prospect he is, rock solid. You know, you watch Notre Dame's offensive line the last couple of years, and, you know, while you're setting the offensive lineman, you can't help but look at what the tight end does as well. Uh, in the blocking game. And we know how well he does it as a receiver, catching contested footballs. Uh, you know, some people say he's like Gronkowski, but I think he's more Andrews. But the point is that they're making is that he's very good after the catch. He breaks a lot of tackles. He's very strong. Uh, so, yeah, he's someone to me is your quintessential classic uh, inline tight end guy. You know, it feels like, Emery, the reason why he's not ranked as high is there's some questions about his ability to really stretch the defense, to really be a guy that can go down the seam and make big plays. It feels like there's a belief that he's more of a, a chain mover than a dynamic threat down the field. Do you think that's fair? It's fair, but at the end of the day, when we're watching the games on Sunday, do we even care? Right. That's the part that a lot of people get caught up on. Like, well, we need someone that can really stress the field vertically. How many tight ends do we see do that on a consistent basis on Sunday? Even Travis Kelsey doesn't really stress the seams down the middle of the field. Like, you know, we like to talk about he's essentially an underneath guy that's great after the catch. So as long as you're a chain mover, that, listen, it's about gaining yards, first downs and ultimately touchdowns. And he can do all of those things. Before I forget, by the way, now that we have the final four set and it is an eclectic mix in the final four, I mean, it's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app 
Sign up using code Ross. New customers can bet $5 on any pregame money line. So we've got these games coming up. UConn, Miami, uh, obviously San Diego State is playing as well against FAU. You get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code Ross. Make sure you check that out. Uh, all right, let's move on to your next tight end position, which I always love. Um, how about your number one flex tight end? Dalton Kincaid out of Utah, big fan of his game, man. You know, he's an excellent route runner and, and doesn't waste time in, in getting open, um, quickly finds that soft spot and is able to attack it and, and, and receive the football rather well. So he's someone to me uh, that can play that big wide receiver role. Uh, coming from Utah, I know he's tough. I know he can block a little bit, so he's probably one of the better blockers uh, at the flex tight end position. But in terms of receiving skill set, he is phenomenal. I remember he was uh, tearing U- USC's, uh, you know what, tearing him a new a new a hole um, with how well he did against USC. But that was something that he has done consistently throughout his career. Uh, he's a very good uh, receiver, you know, and underrated blocker at the position. We talk about guys that could do more than one thing and play multiple roles. He can play in line if you want him to, but he's definitely a flex guy for for sure. Love it. Uh, yeah, he's everybody seems to really be high on him and what he was able to get done at Utah. I was kind of hoping he'd play in the Rose Bowl so I could watch him, but I get it. Looks like he's going to be a top 20 pick. Totally understand. All right, now let's get to the H-back role. And you want to talk about another school that produces tight ends. It's crazy. I mean, Emory, it feels like half the tight ends in the NFL – are from either Notre Dame or Iowa. I mean, those two schools. Stanford had a good run there for a while, too. Dalton Schultz and Ertz and stuff. But Stanford, kind of like their program, their elite tight ends have dropped off, and that's kind of how their program's been in recent years. But Iowa tight ends. I always wonder, like, do they do a better job of identifying? Do they do a better job of developing? Is it both or is it like their reputation precedes them and they're getting stud tight ends to go there because of George Kittle and Noah Fant or whatever, or Notre Dame, all the guys that they've had, including, um, you know, more recent guys that have been studs from that position, even like uh, Tyler Eifert, you know, Anthony Fasano. I could go even a little bit older school with you. Um, your thoughts on Sam Laporta from Iowa, Emory? No, Ross, that's a fantastic point. And I think you answer yes to all of those things. I remember back in the day how it seemed like Nebraska always found at the first, in the first round of a draft, a defensive end, a defensive tackle, and a cornerback or defensive back. Always in the first round. It seemed like they always had a top tier edge rusher, D tackle, corner or safety coming from Nebraska. So it's a little bit of that combination. And Iowa's been producing these great tight ends back when they used to stand the tight end up on the line. <laughs> so Laporta is someone, he could have been a flex guy. You know, he's so fluid on the move. Like he is a natural 
uh, fluid athlete, and we saw that at the combine with how well he ran and how well he ran his routes. Uh, but this is someone coming from Iowa, just like we talked about Michael Mayer, where you're watching Iowa's offensive line, and you're noticing the tight end is doing a fantastic job on the move, getting blocks, working to the second level, helping spring long runs. So you you like him on the move uh, as a move piece in the in the run game, but you also like him as a move piece uh, in a matchup piece on game day as a receiver. So yes, to me, he, he was the one that checked all those boxes and became a, a top tier target uh, for this position. So I think he's the number one H back. Although some people may see him as a flex, but either way you want him on the field. No question. Yeah. I mean, it's just impressive what they've been able to do there. Um, while we're on H backs, Emery, who's your next H back? It looks like just looking at your rankings, Brenton Strange from Penn State, he's a good player. I mean, I've watched him the last couple of years. Um, there, I thought there was a chance he might come back to school, but I'm sure he'll get drafted at least in the middle round, so he probably made the right choice. But Brenton Strange, I remember watching his high school video as a wide receiver in West Virginia, and he was tearing up West Virginia high school football. Not much of a surprise, but just tearing it up. Your thoughts on uh, Brenton Strange from Penn State? That I love the sense of urgency he has. Like he doesn't waste time getting into his route, getting out of his break, and getting upfield. So he is someone that plays like the game is on the line every play. And when you have that ability, it jumps out on film. You know, it jumps out in how well you hey how, how he attacks his blocking, how he attacks his route running, how he attacks his his ability to get up the field. So he was someone that that puts a, a you know a linebacker or a safety. Uh, in the bind with how urgent he is as a receiver. So, yeah, he was number two on my flex tight end. Um, just like the number two guy on my end line uh, is someone that has garnered a lot of praise over the course of the whole process. I had a really good senior bowl in uh, Luke Musgrave uh, from Oregon State. Now, you go back to last year when going through this whole process, yeah, I was very high on, uh, you know, Keegan Quitoriano. Oregon State, another guy like Musgrave who didn't have the ton of receiving yards or receptions because of how their offense is run, but you had to go to the All-Star game to see how solid of a receiver he actually was. Same thing with Musgrave. You saw some glimpses of it in Oregon State, but again, their offense doesn't really feature the tight end, but when we got down to the Senior Bowl and watched him run routes, watched him show the nuance, watched him have success uh, in one-on-ones, um, then you saw, okay, this dude can catch the football. He can be a receiver, and we know he can block, just like Quitoriano was able to block, and we saw him have some success as a rookie with the Houston Texans. Yeah, he did. And Musgrave, some people have him ranked as, like, the number one tight end in this draft and really, really like what they've seen from Musgrave. He's more of an inline guy. Um, you mentioned Strange as an, as an H-back. You know, it's funny, your flex, um, your next flex, Emery, is that guy. I've called a couple of his games. He's athletic. Christian Sims from Bowling Green. And, and what's crazy about him, Ross, he's one of the rare flex guys that can block. Like, he's a really good blocker uh, out there on the perimeter. So now that it just expands your run game. So you're able to do a lot more things uh, running the football because you're able to secure that edge, that perimeter, with a guy that can get out there and block, but also as a receiver, super athletic, um, great with the ball in his hands. So he's not one that just catches and catches the football and gets tackled. 
he's catching and he's looking to score the ball down the field. So you like that ability of a flex guy. He can stretch it vertically. He can expand your run game east and west, but also has the ability to wiggle and get down the field too. So I'm a big fan of Christian Sims. I think I did three or four Bowling Green games over the last couple of years. And Carl Brooks on the D-line at Bowling Green and Christian Sims as a tight end are definitely the two guys that stood out to me. So that does not surprise me. Uh, before we get to the small school guys, I do want to mention we're only about a month away from Mother's Day. Please check out myfrontpagestory.com. It's so awesome. It's so worth it for any of the mothers in your life. Maybe it's your grandmother. Maybe it's your mom. Maybe you don't know what to get your wife for Mother's Day. Get them a story from myfrontpagestory.com. They literally will have it hanging in their house for the rest of time. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Myfrontpagestory.com. Give me a uh, small school guy or two, Emery, that that you like that we should know about. Quote, unquote, small school, by the way. Right. William and Mary and, and, you know, the CAA is essentially a G5 conference, to be honest. You know, um, so much good football played there. But at William and Mary, Lakeland Pitts, uh, when you watch him play, he's an inline guy. I have a very high grade on him. He is so violent in his blocking how he snaps off his route, how he just throws defensive ends and linebackers off to the side. Uh, and it's funny because it's consistent. So he's violent. He's a good route runner. He can catch the football. He runs routes. At the top of his route, he has a little bit of sauce on it, so you like that about him. But he's a complete tight end. And so people are going to become more enamored with this game. I know they just recently had their pro date. So he's one to watch. And Xavier Scott out of Maine. No, this dude has played running back. He has played wide receiver. He has played H back and also has played fullback. He has, I'm reading his stats here, uh, 700 yards rushing on 100 carries, 870 something yards receiving on 80 or 93 receptions and nine total touchdowns. So you're getting, you know, three players in one. He's the H back prospect in my opinion. He's the, the one that can, you can have as a goal line rusher that can carry the ball in a running game. He's six feet, 215. So it gives you a little bit of everything um, coming out of the CAA once again. Check this man out on social media, at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter. Football Game Plan, of course, is his fantastic YouTube page. Just a treasure trove of information over there. Kind of like when he breaks down the three tight end positions on the show. FootballGamePlan.com slash 2023 Draft Guide. Mentioned that earlier. Going to mention it again. And make sure you're checking out our social media at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod, and our YouTube page, YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, because we got that live mock draft coming your way a little bit later this week. So make sure you're paying attention. That's going to be fun. You know, it's all fun and games till you're on the clock and you got to be thinking about, oh, no, I was going to take that guy, but he just took that guy. And now you're making the pick for the Eagles and you don't really know who they should take at that point. It's fun, man. Really fun. I've done mock drafts before. It's a blast. Uh, we obviously have that infamous one with Greg Cosell where, where I took a guy and Greg said, well, you screwed me again, Ross. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, all right, so make sure you're looking for that. We got O-Line coming up here on the College Draft Podcast as well. 
Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and The Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.